Good day and welcome back to another episode of Zero to Infinity, where we discuss everything about entrepreneurship, ranging from how to start your business, grow your business, and live a balanced life in between. I remain your host, Lillian. Today on the show, we have a very special guest. His name is Akan Nelson, and he is the founder and CEO of Evolve Credit. Today, we will be discussing his amazing journey through African Leadership Academy and how he started his business and most importantly how he has been able to consistently overcome major challenges do well to stay to the end and share with your friends let's dive in how are you doing i'm doing great thanks for having me on how are you doing i'm doing great too Okay, so um, starting out, I would love you to take us through your journey from when you became self-conscious, self-aware, and what prompted you down the self-development path. Cool. Um, so I think I would say I've, I've always been a self-conscious person, you know, so for as long as I can remember, I, I can remember... I, I can remember wanting to improve and wanting to be better and wanting more out of life and out of myself. Okay. Um, I would say that I would say that my, I really started beginning to think about self-development, um, you know, my first year in African Leadership Academy. I was probably I was probably 15 or 16 at the time. Okay. And and it was really, I mean, what, what prompted it is for the first time, I was like out of my element, out of my bubble in, in Lagos. I was with, in a school, Pan-African boarding school with lots of people from different countries, different um, cultures and backgrounds. And everyone was really smart. And, and to be honest, I felt a little insecure and inadequate. And that made me start thinking of, um, of ways that I could improve myself. You know, so I would say it, it started there and it never stopped. It's still going on now. Oh, okay. So, um, do you think you would have turned out different if you did not attend ALA? And what are some of the major lessons you learned when you were still at ALA? Cool. So, for for people who aren't familiar, ALA stands for African Leadership Academy, and it's essentially a boarding school in South Africa that brings together young Africans from around the world for um, post-secondary, pre-university A levels. Um, with the idea of cultivating people who will go on to be like ethical leaders for, for Africa. Now I'm of the general philosophy that leaders aren't created. All of us have something to share. All of us have that light within us. All of us have that spark within us. Um, But different environments are better than, um, some environments are better than others in unlocking that leadership potential in us. Right, and I think ALA is one of those environments that uh, unlocks leadership potential very well. So to answer your, your question directly, um, I think, I don't think I, w- I would have turned out fundamentally different from who I am today if I had not attended African Leadership Academy. But I do think that attending African Leadership Academy maybe sped up the process and shaved off you know, two years or three years, um, you know, in, in my journey. 
Okay, and um, some major lessons she learned while at African Leadership Academy. Um, so yeah, that, that that's a good one. I'd say I, I learned three core things. So the first thing I learned was um, is was not to compare myself to other people because everyone has different goals, different motivations, different cultural or family background that is informing how they behave and what they do. And um, and sometimes what might look like and you know something that I want on the outside because it looks good on someone else would actually not be good for me and it would make me miserable if I had it. You know, so it, it's kind of, you hear people say all the time, like, uh, like uh, okay, people don't say it, but essentially it's, you know, like a fish looking at a monkey wishing yeah. and the fish is wishing that like, it could climb People trees, climb trees. But, right but you know the fish would suffocate the moment it was outside water or or, or the inverse a monkey looking at a fish and wishing it could live in it could live on the water but monkeys can't breathe underwater um and so it's kind of you should only i learned so i guess the more advanced version of that is just to compare myself to myself and to just focus on on getting better and being more so that, that's the first thing i learned um, the second thing I learned was just um, the power of community and the power of unity and how fundamentally, fundamentally, we all want the same things, right? So yeah. Nigerians, Kenyans, Egyptians, Senegalese students, we all wanted the same thing, right? At that level, we all wanted to graduate and go to university and get a job or become entrepreneurs or do whatever we wanted to do. You know, we all, we all just wanted to be happy. Um, and when I think about Nigeria, you know, same thing here, like different tribes, different religions, but if you drill down to the heart of it, most of us just want the same thing. And I think that common humanity is something that has stuck with me throughout my life because it, it's very easy, especially in the heat of crisis to think, to forget that, to forget the basic humanity in someone else, right? Yeah. Where, um, you know, wh- wh- whether it's it's religious, you're having a religious argument or an ethnic tribal argument, or even just something, even like a political argument where someone, um, where, where like maybe someone holds a bigoted view, right? Okay. Um, and you're just like, how can you still believe this in 2020? It's easy to then, you know, attack them and forget that this person just wants the same things that you do. And they might have had different experiences that inform the way they think, but that doesn't make them any less human, right? And so you you tackle the thinking and the idea, but you don't tackle the person on a personal level. Um, so yeah, those those were, uh, that, that was the second thing. And then the third thing I learned from my time at Ailey was just, to be fiercely ambitious, um, you know, I learned that, you know, no one, it's cliche, but no one really knows what they're doing, right? Like everyone has someone that they look up to. The people you look up to have people that they look up to and those people have people that they look up to and they're people who look up to you now. It's an endless ladder into the sky, right? Mm. And so, you know, you just have to start. Um, that, that That's one thing I learned. And I've started many times and I failed many times and I'm still starting and failing and, and pushing forward. 
Wow, that's amazing. So what should, um, there are some students that are still in school, either in secondary school or in university. What is one thing you think they should do while they are still in school before they come out into the labor market? Okay, so I'll say this. If, if there are students, if there are students listening, understand that the four years or the three years that you have in university are, it's just free time. <laughs> it's 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 probably the only time in your life where um you can get away with not doing anything right it's it's usually it's usually i mean in nigeria most of us get support from our parents well into our 20s and some of us who are lucky into our 30s but um you know for those of us who aren't going to get that support your time in university is where that support is going to end. And so if you want to start a business, if you want to leverage family support, the last bit of family goodwill you have from your mom or dad to get an internship, you know, the last bit of goodwill you have from your brother or, or from your professors, you need to squeeze it all out, right? Take those internships, take those opportunities, apply for those things. And for those people who are entrepreneurially minded, if you have something that you want to start, Start it while you're in school, build it for the university community and see if it works. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I'd say I'd say that's it. I mean, like, sure, you know, like uh okay, to, to make it actionable, I'd say first of all, ask yourself what path you think you're gonna be on, right? There are two broad paths. You're either on a purely like corporate path, okay, or you're like on an entrepreneur path. Corporate path also includes things like becoming a, an engineer or becoming a medical doctor, right? Yeah. So, you know, I'd say if, if, if you're in like a high school, if you're on a high school path like medicine or engineering, then yeah, you can't do anything else. Just get good grades, focus on your books. And like, you know, it's a very hierarchical system you're feeding into. Just work your way up until you become the doctor, right? If you're on the corporate track, I think it's useful do as many internships as you can every single summer break or every single period that you're out of school, do an internship. Even better, if you can find someone to employ you for a part-time internship while you're a student, right? Mm. Um, and, and when I say internship, I don't mean like stacking books in the library or, you know, yeah. photocopying. I mean, like try to find, even if it's a small company, try to find someone who will give you like real responsibility so you can learn real things. Um, get as many internships as you can because those internships are what you'll be able to leverage. We're not even talking about NYSC now. Yes. Those internships are what you leverage to make sure that you can, because you know, if you get, if you have a job offer, you can take that to camp for national service and tell them that you want to get posted there. You can get the company to write a request letter for you, right? So you use your internships to get your, to get the job that you use to get the request letter from NYSC to work your posting. Um, and then the experience from that job during NYC is what you can then leverage on to get a better job with whatever kind of company you're targeting. Um, if you're on the entrepreneur track, you just want to try and fail as many times as possible. Get an internship with a startup or, or you know, get, get an in with the, with, with the local tech community in your area. Now, now with the pandemic and COVID, the internship and job market has opened up because people are much more open to the idea of virtual internships and virtual jobs. So you can even, you know, 
it's all, all the information you need is online, right? Like, you know, you just, but, but I, I say you need to do the work. Like the idea that like things are handed to you, even if you're wealthy, right? I think it happened. It's a bit of a myth that like people who are rich, I mean, un, un, unless um, the company is like your dad's company and you're going to work for your dad's company or you're going to work for your uncle, it very rarely happens that someone will just, at least from what I've seen, maybe it happens in other places, <laughs> but okay. nobody, I, I was looking for those kinds of opportunities and nobody just handed me a job because they were friends with my dad or friends with my mom. It never happened. I still had to apply and some of those jobs rejected me. Um, so I'd say just have it in mind that it's a numbers game. You might, you know, you apply to 50 jobs, you might get called back for 10. Don't take it personally. Okay, um, then this is like on a more personal note. When um, you, I, I'm glad you mentioned the um, both career paths, either you are going the job line, the career line, or entrepreneurial line. So for those that are going the entrepreneurial line, do you think it's um, it's important to have a master's degree? Um, I I'd say I'd say it depends. Um. You know, there are people who say, you know, like a master's is a new bachelor's degree. Yeah. Um, but but I personally, I think I, I think so. If you can get a master's, go ahead, get it. I don't have a master's yet. Right. Um, uh, but and I have started to get. Um, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, so. So I uh, let me put it this way: I was planning on getting a master's, but my entrepreneur my entrepreneurship journey is now moving in such a way that it won't be necessary. I mean, let me let me put it this way: right, if you start a business, okay, and you're getting tens of thousands of dollars in investment funding, okay. um, and you're building your team and you're moving forward, that's your master's in finance there. That's your ma- that, that, that's your MBA there. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, and, and so that's the way I think about it, right? That said, you also need to, you know, um, our paths, we're all individuals. So you need to know if, if your career path is highly specialized and like highly licensed. So when I say highly licensed, what I mean is you can't just become a lawyer, yes. right? you must go to law school and get that master's. You can't just become yeah, a chartered sister. accountant. Exactly. Yeah. You, you know, you need to go. But, but if, you know, but there are a broad range of career paths like human resources, communications, marketing, product development, product management, um, you know, even strategy. You know, there the, are the, the, the range of, of career paths where what you've done in the past is honestly more important than um, the certificate you have than the certificate that said now because human beings like aren't very good with data and human beings are lazy so where masters and advanced degrees come in handy is that at the higher levels so let's say now you have um you know, you're competing with someone else for an executive position, right? If the yeah. recruiter is lazy, right? They might say, okay, this person, look at this person, see all the degrees he has. This person does, has only one degree. You, you know, but, but, but that's lazy recruiting. 
And honestly, yeah. the best teams don't the best teams don't work that way. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I just recruited someone to my team for my startup. I didn't even I can't tell you what's on his CV. I think I checked his CV to see where he lived and to okay. like get his phone number so I could call him. And then, you know, to join our team, we give you a work assignment. And it's based on what you produce in that work assignment that we decide whether you're going to join the team or not. Because for me, it's more important to see what you produce and how you think than what school you went to, you know. Um, And and, and I think more and more that's going to, at at least in some some industries move very slowly, but more more and more that's going to be the case, especially when you start talking about tech, things like software engineering. Nobody cares where you got your master's from. They care if you can code, you know. Um, so, yeah. uh, okay, so that's um, what I'd say there. Yeah, I'm glad you talked about your own startup. So what is Evolve Credits all about and what inspired you to start up Evolve Credits? Cool. So Evolve Credit is a marketplace for people to go and find and compare loans in Nigeria, Right. So if you want to, so at the moment, if you wanted to get a loan, um, you probably know, you can probably name maybe five lenders that can give you loans outside the banks, right? But the truth is there are thousands of institutions, licensed institutions in Nigeria where you can get a loan from, right? Um, And there are tens of thousands of loan products. And so we're putting all of them in one place and saying that you can go there and compare them against each other, read expert reviews on each of them, um, okay. and then apply for, apply for the ones you want. Um, and we're going to be doing that for loans and then branching into other financial products like savings accounts um, and investments and so on. And the, the general idea is to make the financial product marketplace more transparent so that mm-hmm. the consumers, you know, to put the power back into the hands of the consumer and say, all the information you need to know to make your best decision is here. Here is okay. the advice of experts, right? Who can tell you about each product and give you advice specialized for you. Um, and then this is, this is an easy online process where from your phone, wherever you are, you can go and apply for the product without having to physically go um, into a store. Um, so that's, that's, that's my startup. That's what we're doing. Um, and so far, uh, we're, we're moving well. We have, um, you know, we, we've raided, we've raised, a, um, just over a hundred thousand dollars in seed investment. Um, yeah. and, and we're, 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 we're really pushing, we're, we're really pushing. Uh, my vision is to create kind of one like to create a an amazon for financial products so the same way you go to amazon and you can buy books or whatever else you need whatever you need to whatever product you need to get that involves money you can go to our platform and apply and find it there and apply for it there um wow that's amazing that's amazing well done thank you (laughs) So what are major challenges or what major challenges are you facing or have you faced and how are you able to overcome them? Um, so we faced, you know, it's tough, hey? So, I mean, this is our um, 14th month 
our first and 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 we pivoted to this new offering two months ago or or, or just a month and a half ago so for the first okay. 12 months we were actually giving out loans that's what we were doing for the first two months and um it was out of and but but we quickly discovered that we were that the loan product we were offering which was okay. essentially like a, a credit card a digital credit card product was not yet ready for the market and we and we might not have been the best people to bring it to the market however we did learn along the way um lots of things that led us to our current product offering um where we're now getting all of this investor interest and customer interest um you know we have tens of thousands of people visiting the site every month you know um and and and, and so but it was tough it was tough at one point the team had grown to 10 people right before covid hit or right right after covid hit um you know i had to cut the team down to four people you can imagine on a team yeah. where you have 10 people six people are gone you're back to the core founding team you know what that does for morale we were running out of money you know just it was just a lot it was, it, it was tough and and of course you know i still had my 9 to 5 job um you know because i wasn't able to you know the entrepreneurship journey can get messy and sometimes it's not like you know silicon sure. valley where you can quit everything you know so still working and and i i share this story to say that um you know i don't i don't want anyone to think uh i'm that brilliant or anything like that i'm really not um i just kept at it and i kept pushing mm-hmm. and i kept trying um and i have a lot of support from a lot of very smart people um who are who are helping me along the way um but 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 yeah it's those those are some of my challenges i, I would say the the biggest challenge is it was um making the decision we couldn't find product market fit and making the decision to pivot right oh, but yeah. and 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 we to fund us and give us money but the thing is the moment we pivoted to a better product all of a sudden everything opened up and we were able to then get all the support we needed to move forward okay so people had to know when change is needed in their business exactly. instead of just exactly. looking to the original plan okay right. so you mentioned your team how were you able to get your team members especially when you started out 14 months ago and um what should young entrepreneurs people that are starting out their businesses what should they look out for when they are getting team members or members on their team so uh i met my co-founder daniel oshinia uh i actually met him we were both working at african leadership academy so i met him there and then i met him at ng hub in yaba um at a at a conference uh, a leadership development conference called the bridge program um and we hit it off and we became friends we we've known each other for about 4 years we were friends for uh about 3 years before we even started before i called him you know asked him to if he wanted to go on this journey with me um what i was looking for i was looking for obviously because i'm not technical okay. i'm on the business side so i was looking for someone with the technical skills i was also looking for someone i could trust and someone who i felt would balance me out i tend to operate on the extremes um i can be very loud sometimes um or i can be very very like reclusive 
and solitary and quiet and you know i want to keep to myself and so i need in anything i'm doing i need someone that's very balanced True. right um who can pull me out of that and daniel is an extremely balanced person he's very cool very calm very level-headed um the rest of our team um we, we recruited through our networks um and then um you know our last two so we're, we're currently a team of five so it's myself, Daniel, Joseph, we recruit Joe Joseph was a mutual friend with Daniel and myself. And then Collins and Victor, we had put out a job ad. Um, and they had completed work assignments and we had brought them on. Um, and so I, I'd say if you're looking to build a team, start with people. First of all, I'm going to assume that your friends are people with integrity. If you if your friend has if you've ever seen them steal, if you've ever seen them like do anything unsavory or illegal you probably don't want to get into business with them sure. right but in yeah. in general you want to you want to start your team with people you know people you can trust people who like you know you know won't stab you in the back um yeah and then from there everything just happens you'll grow out of your network um you'll grow out of your network and that's why some of those internships come in handy because you'll probably meet the people that you're going to start your business with at places that you've worked before. Okay, did you, um, at, the, at the start, did you have to pay um, some of your team members, let me say minus Daniel or the founder, but did you have to pay the other team members at the start? Yeah, um, so I mean, da Daniel, and, Daniel and I have only just been able to start, we're, this month we're just gonna start paying ourselves actually. Um, uh, Joseph was working, for, Joseph was a friend. And so he, Joseph was working for free for about six months. Um, Collins was the only one. So Collins, because he was like a first employee, he came on and we were paying him and it, and it was tough, right? Because I was making, then I was still, I was working at a major bank at the bottom of the, like bottom of the pyramid entry level. And I was like making 80,000 Naira a month. And we were paying, you know, 60,000. So like, like b b basically, you know, over half of my salary, I was funneling yeah. it directly to pay the first team member. Um, you know, so it was, it was like, I had no salary, but you know, things, momentum, I mean, now I can't even, you know, now, obviously that's not what we're paying him. Um, sure. You know, it's, it's like, it's multiplied, but, um, you know, uh, like in the beginning it's rough and you know i i mean I, i'm just being very frank and honest so people would know what it takes right mm -hmm. and it also says something like if someone you know at the very beginning you're not going to be able to afford a four hundred thousand naira developer right mm, yeah like it's just not gonna unless you are the four hundred thousand naira developer <laughs> or your co-founder or your co-founder is the four hundred thousand naira <laughs> developer but you're not going to be able to pay someone that kind of money so it's mm -hmm. also there, you know, you there. There are people who can see bigger visions, and who will come on for below market rate, um, because they see the future on the team. And I'd argue that those are the kinds of people you want on board, at the very start. Okay. Um. Now let's come to you and your major productivity hack. So, what is your major productivity hack? And um, during this COVID period, what has been your major work from home? tip that you would like say okay this has really helped me a lot because i'm very sure it's helped other entrepreneurs too 
so I'm still finding balance. Um, my my approach to work, I would say, is not yet balanced. I wouldn't. I would say it's not yet healthy, and that's because I'm working. I work all the time, pretty much twenty four seven, and sleep when my body demands it. You know, so on some days that means I sleep four hours. On some days. It means I, you know, I sleep one hour or two hours on some days. It means that because I've abused my body so much, I have to sleep seven, eight or 10 hours in one night to just kind of like recover. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't hacked the schedule yet, but, but what works very well for me is this. So it, it's very useful to um, uh, everything, everything is on my calendar. Right. So even if I, if like I'm talking to a friend on Instagram and they say, hey, let's catch up. I'll say, cool, what's your email? I'll send you a calendar invite. Calendars are extremely useful for organizing your time. It sounds very basic, um, but it's extremely important. Like, Adelian, uh, I mean, even to schedule this, the, the, this podcast, you know, I kept, yeah. you know, I told you, like, please send me a calendar invite because yeah, yeah. it's very easy when you're doing a lot of things. It's really easy to just like forget. Um forget what you have um, and being able to see it all on a calendar is very useful. It also helps you plan your day. And then parallel to a calendar is just keep a to-do list. It can be on paper. It can be on your computer. It can be on your phone, but have a list where have a place where you put all the things that are outstanding that you have to do. You know, uh, some, sometimes I do a daily list, but right now I just kind of have one place on my phone where I dump everything I need to do. And like, depending on how I feel every day, how I moved, I pick one and do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And, um, you know, eat when I can, sleep when I can, exercise okay. on. On your list, do you have time to read? Uh, yes, actually. So, you know, I, I'd say, I'd say on, on average, I read like between, um, I read and or watch like spiritual or educational content on YouTube for okay. at least 30 minutes to an hour every day. Okay. Right. And that, and that's usually part of my rest. Um, so like, so you know how sometimes you're your body, you're not tired, but you're kind of just strung out from focusing your mind mentally or like for an hour or something. And so you just need to take a break from that activity. Yeah. So usually I'll use my break to read and do something else. Okay, so um, what are the major books you've read that changed your life or changed your way of thinking? Um, right now I'm reading The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And it's okay. having a really profound, profound okay. effect on my psyche and how I'm thinking about my spirituality and how I'm approaching my day-to-day life. I definitely recommend it for anyone looking to grow um, as a spiritual person. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I thought you wanted to mention like five different books. Oh, like, like five different books? Um, okay, so I, I'd say uh, Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Okay. Then I, I don't know if I can name five, but I, I, I'd recommend... Um, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon, Napoleon Hill. Hill. Okay. Um, and then I'd recommend Zero to One by Peter, Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I I recommend. I mean, th so this one is a bit cliche. It's a bit of a cliche recommendation, but I recommend <laughs> okay. both both Blink and Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. Um, oh, is that five? Yeah, that's five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, you're a very good, you're an amazing public speaker. So, what was your developmental process like? And do you still keep developing yourself now? What do you do to develop yourself in public speaking? Um, I think so. You know, I, I did. I done some acting as a child um, on the KKV show, um, and so I think that that definitely helped out with my public speaking. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, but uh, I, I remember, I remember not being a very good public speaker and before the KKB show, just being very deliberate about public speaking. I read a lot of books, you know, books like how to like, I think there's by uh, Dale Carnegie, like uh, how to how to like make friends and influence people or something influence like that. People. I read yeah. that book, you know, those kinds of books, right? And I just practiced, pushed myself out of my comfort zone. Um, and o over time it comes, it just comes naturally, you know, and you make a lot of mistakes, you'll be embarrassed, but um, eventually it starts, it starts happening. Okay. And what do you do currently to keep developing yourself? Well, I mean, so for my startup, I'm pitching people, I'm pitching investors like every day. Right. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, so <laughs> I don't have a choice. The, you know, it's not even a question now of developing public speaking skills. It's now a question how, of, of how using you, them. How, how do you go over the no when you pitch to an investor and the person says, oh, no, I'm so sorry. This idea is not in my line of investment. Like, how do you absorb that? <laughs> well, you just absorb it, you know. You try not to take it personally, try not to read too much into it and just move on. You know, I, I try to think about it this way, right? If I have, like, if someone comes to sell me, it's, it's, it's like when you're on the street and like the hawkers come to sell you different things, right? Yeah. Um, like chewing gum and stuff. If you don't want it, you don't want it, you know? True. And, and you know that like, if the person selling to you takes it personally, well, that's their problem because it's not a personal thing. You just don't want it. It's the same thing mm. with investors. That that's why I think about it. It's like I have my team. We have what we're building. You either believe in it or you don't. You either believe in our team or you don't. You either think it's a great opportunity and we can execute or you don't, and that's fine. Mm, that's amazing. So, what is your final advice to young entrepreneurs? Um, I'd say the my final bit of advice is I'll I'll say that like don't. Uh, everyone has so all of us have like divine energy and all of us have like a great idea um, that we're supposed to bring forth into the world it might not be everyone isn't supposed to bring forth Amazon <laughs> you get what I mean True. but, yeah. but it, it might be bringing forth like significant impact in your local community it might be it might even be like just bringing out significant impact in your home in your family or even just in your personal life, breaking a generational curse or a, genera a generational pattern that's been plaguing your family line for generations and generations. But everyone has it. And you just need to look within and unlock for yourself. And it'll take many years. Um, 
unlock for yourself what is this thing that it's supposed to bring forth and when you find it it'll be easy that's i'm not saying it, it, it won't it'll be i'm not saying it won't be intense right mm, but yeah. intensity is different from difficult you know mm, um yeah. it, you know like uh uh people who sing like if you've ever seen someone sing passionately in church you can see that it's that they're singing intensely but they will yeah. never tell you that it's hard for them to sing they'll just True. be like yeah it's it's intense you know you really have to put your energy into it so it's the same thing with entrepreneurship um there'll be multiple starts and stops multiple failures but don't take it to heart just use everything to learn and move forward wow Thanks so much for being on Zero to Infinity. I truly, sincerely appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Have a nice day. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I hope you learned something amazing today. You can connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Diliani and my website www.dilian.com and remember there's a drop of greatness inside you.